Hey lovely freaks and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree. That'll give you access to our social media like Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yeah. Alright, so Hannah's back. Um, yes. I'm on day like, I don't know, 12, 13, something like that. Something so. Like that. I had to wait 10 days, and it's been 10 days, so anybody that's like, you have to wait 14, don't come for me, I didn't have any symptoms. I'm pretty sure I was on day, like, I don't know, 16 by the time it was 10, because I think I had it way before I got it, but I don't know. We waited a good while. Yeah, we waited a while. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling fine. I'm a little stuffy today because of, you know, (laughs) it was 30 yesterday, it's 60 today. Gotta love the South, so um, I got a little hot in the house last night. Did it get hot to you? Yeah, I did get kind of warm. Yeah, I didn't know it was supposed to be, you know, warm today. But anyways, um, so happy new year, everybody. Mm-hmm. Last episode was short and it was, you know, sweet, but it was really short. So today we're going to do a little bit of a longer one for you. And you guys voted on Twitter because I told you if you're not following us on Twitter, you should because I'm going to do polls more often about what what you might want to hear. I actually like doing that because it seems to help us a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you guys voted for a serial killer. I'm not going to make this a two-part serial killer series because usually we just... A lot of times you guys will listen to like part one but not part two. Or yeah. sometimes part two and not part one. It's really weird. But <laughs> So I'm just going to try to fit this all in today. And I think we can fit it in. I mean, this guy's a, a douchebag, but he killed a lot of people. But, you know, it's, I don't think it warrants two parts. Do you? No, I don't think so. Um, so, if you saw the title, you know who we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to be talking about Arthur John Shaw, Shawcross. Shaw? I can't. I think it's Shawcross. Whatever. Arthur. Okay. Because <laughs> we all know that I suck at pronouncing names. Um, he's also known as the Gen C River Killer. Okay. I think I said that right. <laughs> Do you remember the how to say it? The river? The name the of the river? river? Killer? Gen, Gen, Gen Z? Gen Z? Is it Gen Z? Like Gen Z. Like Gen Z's. I don't know. Number. Or the Rock Rockster Shrangler. I really suck at pronouncing things. But they were like, let's make the most difficult name. It's whatever. <laughs> That's why I hate doing like um stuff overseas or stuff like in like Mexico and stuff like that because I'm really bad at pronouncing the names, but it's okay. So Arthur was born June 6, 1945 in Kittery, Maine, but his family moved um, to New York when he was young. He was alleged, like, allegedly he was a, like, frequent bedwetter. His mom said that he would wet the bed. Um, He also was... He kind of had, like, an overbearing mother, mm-hmm. is what he says. And he also, his family said that he had, like, an anger problem from an early start. Um, he wasn't very good in school. He, well, he did okay in school, but he had a low IQ. Um, I think his IQ was, like, 86 or something like that. Um, now, Arthur would say that he... Um, was abused when he was younger. I think he did suffer 
Didn't he suffer? Yeah, he suffered a head injury. Not quite sure, but of course they always. It's always a head injury. Head injury. <laughs> yeah, not quite sure what the head injury was about, but he did suffer head injury, a few, I believe. Um, but Arthur said that his mother was um, would sexually abuse him, and she would mm-hmm. allegedly stick um, foreign objects inside of him as well, like sodomize him. Um, there's no proof of this, but he says it, so you can't like. I mean, we don't ever say that something did or didn't happen when it comes to someone being sexually assaulted. Um, When he was nine years old, his aunt performed oral sex on him and allegedly made him perform oral sex on her. And then he had a sexual relations with his sister when he was in, like, I believe junior high, um, when he got older. So, I, I couldn't really find out if he really did have sexual relations with his sister if that's something he said some things said it was alleged some things said that it really did happen so I don't know um so his reputation in school he was kind of like the quiet shy one he was at first but then he started like once he got into junior high and stuff like that he started becoming like a bully basically he was like the bully he was kind of a big guy um I know by the time he got arrested, he was six foot, 300 pounds, so he probably was a big guy in school, I would assume. Um, you know, just tall. So, in 1960, when he was 19 years old, he dropped out of school um, his freshman year. So, he was 19, and it was his freshman year, so I'm assuming he probably failed a few grades, I would, I would think, because that's kind of old for a freshman. Also, we're outside today because it feels good outside. So, if you hear, like, cars, cars or dogs, dogs, just, you know, ignore it. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So, he dropped out when he was 19. Um, he then went on to marry a woman and had a son with her. But later they divorced and he gave up, like, all custody rights and all that from for his son. So, um, when he was 21, he was drafted into the U.S. Army April 1967. And... He spent a tour in Vietnam. During Vietnam, allegedly, um, he was traumatized by a lot of stuff, obviously. And I would say that's not allegedly because Vietnam screwed up a lot of people. Yeah. Um, But he would say um, when he was in Vietnam that he killed 30, what was it, 32 people, I believe. Yeah, 30 people, and he said that that was when he killed his first two victims. They were two girls, Vietnam girls, and he said that he raped them, murdered them, and ate them. This is all what he says, but there's no evidence to support this, um, so, But the thing is, it's like, he really, like, all of a sudden, like, usually it's like they start with animals or something like that, but he just went all out. Yeah. Yeah, if that's true. Yeah. Um. He was assigned to Fort Fort Sill in Oklahoma as an armor armor after his tour ended in September 1968. At this point, he had married another woman named Linda, um, and she said that she noticed that um, he had a dark personality. He would set fires. He would also um, an army psychiatrist would state that he gained sexual enjoyment from starting the fires. So, pretty much, they labeled him an arson. 
Eventually, Arthur and Linda moved to New York, where he began committing crimes, including arson and burglary. Burglary. I'll get it in a minute. Um, <laughs> Linda divorced him sometime after they got to New York, and he was eventually arrested and sentenced to five years um, for arson, I believe is what it was. And then he was transferred to a correctional facility in Auburn. However, after spending a total of 22 months in prison, he was paroled early in October 1971. Um, when he say he saved the life of like one of the security guards there, so they let him out. But he was only serving. I, I can't years. remember. No, this is when he committed arson. Um, um, I was going to say, did I miss something? Did no. I out? His, it was a five-year sentence. That's what it was for the arson. He goes, to, he goes to jail a few times. So that's why yeah. I was like, couldn't keep track of how many times. Because I think he goes to jail twice. Yeah. Twice. Um, so upon being paroled, he returned to Watertown, New York, where he eventually got a job as a public works department. And he married for a third time. On May 7th, 1972, he lured a little boy. I believe it was one of his neighbors. His name was Jack Blake. He lured him into the woods where he sexually assaulted him and then killed him. Blake disappeared near his apartment, obviously. And he was familiar with Arthur because he would go... Um, him and his brother would go on fishing trips with him several times before Arthur murdered him. So he knew him. Uh, because of this suspicion, uh, his mother, Blake's mother, suspected that Arthur was involved with the disappearance, or maybe he even murdered her son. But police didn't believe her, and there was a the body wasn't found yet, so they weren't sure who had done it. At this point, he was just, you know, missing. missing. Um, on September 2nd, four months after Blake's murder... Arthur then raped and killed an eight-year-old girl named Karen Ann Hill, who was visiting Watertown with her, um, I think it was with, she was with her mom, it was like Labor Day weekend or whatever. Her body was later found under a bridge crossing the Black River. Since he fished under the same bridge, Arthur became the main suspect in her murder. And Detective Charles Kabischke, um, who was familiar with him, persuaded a confession out of him he also gave him a plea deal so Arthur also provided information about where Jack Blake's body was which gave him a plea deal um, which so Arthur later pleaded he pled guilty to all the murders um, and he was charged with manslaughter while the murder charges concerning Blake were dropped so they gave him Basically, what they did was they, he gave information about where the body is, and they dropped the charges for that murder. So, they just, he was just charged with the girl's murder. <clears throat> Excuse me, hold on. Well, then, <coughs> that's weird. I mean, they do that sometimes, you know. Um, but, nevertheless. But if he had two accounts, then he would be there longer. Yeah. So, I don't understand. I that. wouldn't have done it, but whatever. Um... Nevertheless, he was sentenced to 25 years in prison as a result of all this. However, he only served 14 months in a state prison because he was let out for, you guessed it, good behavior. Because, you know, 
murderers should get that deal, I guess. I don't know. That's stupid. Yeah. But this was also in the 70s, so you know how that goes. Well, actually, it's not in the 70s. This was in the 80s. Um, and we all know that back in the 80s, the uh, justice system was really was up. really bad. I mean, people think it's bad now. I just think it was... It's still bad, but I think it was really bad then for letting people out that should not They just didn't care. They worried about more about their money than actual justice and people. They were like, eh, you know, feeding this guy, we should, he's good, so let's just let him go. Who cares? Yeah. So, during, the crazy thing about this is, is that, um, during a, like, evaluation, some of the prison guards and all that said, and I believe like the warden or whatever, they said that he was a model citizen and he was great and he um, should be, he, quote, a safe and contributing member to society. So he was released for parole on April 1987, despite the fact that a senior officer of the New York area warned them that he should not be let go. And psychiatrists even said that he had schizophrenic... Uh, tendencies? Schizophrenic psychopath tendencies. That's what they said. That's wow. what they called it. Um, it was a, He was a potential danger, so he should not have been out. But they just were like, fuck it, I guess. Um, however, he had difficulty settling down in his local community since his neighbors would continuously uh, protest against him being there. Good for the neighbors. His employers would have, you know, they would see his record and they'd be like, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah. Um, so he basically would, he, he, he couldn't, um, you know, yeah, so he couldn't go on with his life for him. Everybody was against him. Um, I think his parole officer tried to move him a few times, but nothing seemed to be working because everybody found out. So eventually the parolee, I don't know if it was just the officer, if it was the board. I don't know what the hell it was, but they did something real stupid. They sealed his record. Um, Didn't he like go to them and he was like, he was telling, yeah, like, he was like, I can't move I can't on. Do it anymore. I can't move on in society. Like every job I get, they <laughs> find out that I was a child murderer and they yeah. freak out. I don't understand why. And um, so, anyways. Basically, they sealed his record. Now, what does that mean? Well, that also means that if your record is sealed, like, they sealed it completely, even from um, police officers. So, yeah. the police, even if he would have killed somebody, which he does, and we'll get to that, they weren't able to pin this on him or, or even know that he was a convicted murderer because the record was sealed. Um, so, not even the police could open it and look at it. So, it made it really hard... Um, you know, and we'll, and we'll get into that here in just a second. But I just thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. So, sometime in mid-1987, um, him and his wife found a permanent, a more permanent place in um, Roch Rochester, New York, in an apartment. At some point, he broke off his relationship with his wife then, and he married another woman named, or I guess it wasn't his wife, that was his girlfriend. Um, he married another woman named Claire Neal. Clara. Clara, excuse me. For unknown reasons, we don't know why, but he started killing prostitutes in the Lyle um, Avenue area, which was kind of like a shady area 
in this downtown spot. Um, there was a lot of prostitution and a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. I do know that his wife would say, and he would say, that he got bored with his wife and he started like having affairs with prostitutes and other women too. It wasn't just prostitutes that he killed. Mm-hmm. So on March 19th, 1989, Arthur claimed his first victim in the second span of his killing. It was 27-year-old Dorothy Blackburn, whose body was found six days later at Salmon Creek near um, the the Genesee River. So that's why they call him the Genesee River Killer. Um, his His first victim also, supposedly he, like, went back and would eat, like, pieces of her. So there is... He said that he would go back to all of his victims, or most of them, and take off pieces and stuff like that, and eat them. Um, but I don't really know. There was conflict. Some reports said that it, it was alleged. Some reports said that he did. Like I said, there's a lot of different, like, things well, in this case. there's missing pieces from the body. Yeah, but it could have been an animal or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. So, I think that's why they just don't know for sure. He claims that he did. Like, he was definitely a cannibal. Hmm. But... I digress. Um, so, he also said that Dorothy um, was stealing from him. Like, he hired her to clean the apartment or something like that. Yeah. And she was stealing from him. But then he also says that she bit his penis while giving him oral, and that's why he killed her. I don't know. It's really weird. <laughs> Whatever the case is, he killed her. Um and you'll, I'm not going to go through, like, everything that he says about different victims because it's so conflicting. Like, one minute he'll say that he killed him because of this. The next minute he'll say he killed him because of that. So, it's just really all over the place. It kind of reminds me, kind of reminds me of that guy. Have you ever seen Dawn Till Dusk? Till Dawn. Wait, Dusk Till Dawn? D- Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. You know, what's his name? That plays. I've watched director. that movie forever ago. But I couldn't turn yeah. you know? He does a great job of, um, like being a serial like kind of like yeah. a sociopath sociopath like he's very good at that or a schizo like yeah. he thinks that they're saying something but they're not it kind of kind of reminds me of that so he killed two other prostitutes after this um but because you know like we always talk about prostitutes are especially in the 80s no one gave a shit about them unfortunately yeah. and so they were like oh they died great move on you know um And that led to a lot of murders getting away for a long time because they would target prostitutes, which really sucks, um, you know, that they didn't take it more seriously because he didn't just kill prostitutes. We'll find out. He eventually kills, you know, just regular people. Um, And all the women that died at his hands could have been solved if they would have just looked into it a little bit more. However, by October... 27th, three other prostitutes were found near the river as well, identified as Anne Stephan, Dorothy Keller, and Patricia Patricia Ives. Because all four victims were killed by asphyxiation, local police became, um, began to investigate further into the killings. While the media started naming him the Rochester Strangler or the Gen C River Killer, like always. Copper. So, um, 
As the investigation progressed, Mary Welch disappeared, quickly followed, followed by the discovery of another body, uh, Francis Brown, who was initially assumed to be Mary Welch, but they figured out who she was. On November 15th, a body of an African-American woman named Kimberly Long was found. She was actually found in a civilian's backyard under a pile of leaves. Um, and the medical examiner found that there were leaves shoved down her throat as well. Um, so a lot of these... Um, a lot of these women would be would be strangled um but some of his rochester victims were um smothered with objects so it wasn't just strangulation it was also objects um during the watertown child like when he killed the children he targeted caucasian children and he sexually assaulted them before killing them you know like we saw with karen and uh blake but he also, he stuffed mud, leaves, and other debris down her throat and inside her clothes. Um, I don't know why he did that. That was really weird. I don't know if he was trying to, like, cover up the body. Yeah. And it was odd. Um, but during his killings of the women, or the prostitutes, it was weird because he targeted, you know, older women. So it wasn't kids this time. So his MO changed, basically. Um... He would also, he would lure them into alleys or, like, into the woods or something like that. Kill them and then dump their bodies in the river. He would also bludgeon the victims with blunt objects and others. Um, he allegedly, well, it's not allegedly, there was bite marks on them. Like, their arms, their um, legs, their genitals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he would take pieces of their genitals as well. Um, one of the victims was gutted and mutilated with a knife and sodomized um, post-mortem. So that means she was alive while this happened. Mm -hmm. And then another was also struck in the throat. And then leaves, you know, usually shoved down their throat or something like that. It was really sh kind of all over the place, I guess you could say. For It wasn't just a strict MO. Um, the woman that was excuse me, cut open and sodomized was named June Stote. Who was, um, she wasn't a prostitute. So this is the first woman that he kills that is not a prostitute. So frustrated with the body, with the body count rising and the targeting of prostitutes, the local captain of the PD decides, finally, he's going to call in, um, the BAU, basically, the Behavioral Analysis Unit for the FBI. He contacted Special Agent Greg McGrary and um, describing the rash murders to him, he and a New York State Trooper named, Lieutenant named Ed Grant, um, a graduate from the FBI training program in criminal analysis, both promptly decided to come to their aid. On November 27th, before the two arrived, um, the body of another prostitute, Elizabeth Gibson, was found. Being the only victim not to be killed in the county that all those other victims were killed in. She was actually found in Wayne County. Yeah. But nonetheless, she was connected to the murders because of the way that she was killed. 
Um, following this, there were three more prostitutes that went missing. June Cicero did it. Darlene Tripti, Tripti and then Felicia Stevens. Um, on the morning of New Year's Eve, Felicia's Felicia Stevens' belongings were discovered by a trooper who was paroling the rural area. Authorities began to search for her body by air. And so they found the, the clothes and they were like, okay, let's get in the helicopter and let's search for her body. Well, they spotted um, a body, but it was not, it was like under a bridge kind of, and it was naked, but it wasn't um, the body of the pants that they had found, like the clothes. It wasn't Felicia's, it was June's. They didn't find this out till later, obviously, but while they were searching for the body, <laughs> so stupid, while they were searching for the body, so the police, so the profilers, let me back up for a second. The profilers already said that he was probably going to go back to the scenes of the crimes, right? Yeah. He was probably going to do that. He was this kind of middle-aged, um, bigger guy. He was probably, like, pretty tall, which he was. He was six foot, 300 pounds. So they got all that right, and we all know that profilers are, like, the bomb.com usually. And so he... So they were flying around in their helicopter. They saw the body. And then not too far away on a bridge, they saw a man either urinating off of a bridge or masturbating. They couldn't figure out which one. Come to find out, after they, you know, saw the license plates of the van. Yeah, he had a van. Of course he did. Um, after they saw the license plates of the van, they radioed it in. Then they followed him. Um, after this and come to find out it was Arthur. Um, also the prostitutes in the area called him Mitch because that was kind of like a name he had given himself I guess. He must be very like a trusting guy if he can like get all these police officers and other people to trust him so much and also lead people into the woods he's got to be like a very trusting manipulating person. Yeah well I mean a lot of the so some of the prostitutes did say that they had had problems with this guy named Mitch, but he didn't give them his real name. So oh, okay. there was no finding this guy. It was just a one word name and yeah. you know, they couldn't figure it out, but it wasn't, they, they never suspected him of murder. I guess they just said that he was kind of like, he could get aggressive is what I'm saying. So anywho, they arrest him. Um, because he basically admits like, he was masturbating on the bridge close to this dead body. And but then like, also, how huh? didn't he he hear the helicopter Yeah, and be like, oh, let me put myself away and drive away? Yeah, I, I didn't understand that either. <laughs> um, he whatever. had a very low IQ, so. So he was just taken to the police station under suspicion, but um, Arthur in insisted that it was merely a coincidence. He was just mm -hmm. urinating in that spot. Sorry, guys. However, he began to um, tell them about his crimes um, of the children, the two children that he murdered. He told them, and then he also told them about Vietnam, wow. and he told them about his supposed murders He's there, stupid. and being a soldier, and so they were like, huh, okay. So investigators were unsure if they should pin a killer pedophile with the prostitute killings, since, you know pedophile victims usually only stick with kids. Yeah. So they weren't sure about it. However, 
it grew more and more whenever they took his picture to the prostitutes and they were like, yeah, that's Mitch. That's the guy. Like, that's the guy that we've been yeah. having, like, not problems Trouble. with, but, I mean, he's always with these girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, the following morning, Felicia Stevens' body was discovered by a deer hunter um, that had spotted her near where June's body was, but she was kind of in the woods, so I guess that's why the helicopter didn't see her. Knowing for sure that Arthur was the killer, police began to pursue him during interviews, although he maintained his cool for a little while, miss, um, dismissing the evidence, you know, and saying that it wasn't him, yada yada. He then, after like a long time interrogation, he then decided, I guess, you know, fuck it, I don't know. Um, so the, he then confessed to being the killer and he stated that he specifically killed Elizabeth Gibson, the victim from another county, because she was trying to steal his wallet and it was self-defense. He, he said that he, um, he also said that some of these murders, like, he could hear his mother's voice in his head telling him that it was okay to do this and he also blamed a lot of this stuff on his mom because of the sexual abuse that he um, went through at her hands. Now I will say that his family I don't know if his mom's still alive or whatever when he got arrested but his it just said that his family totally denies any of this like his they're saying like his aunt did not rape him or, or uh not rape, but perform moral sex on him, saying that his mom did not do all the sexual acts, that he's lying about everything. So, I don't know who to believe. Um, So, eventually, Arthur was tied to all but one of the killings. Kimberly Long, who had leaves stuffed down her throat in the same manner as Karen Hill, the second victim, um, but he denied ever killing her, although some investigators believe that he was responsible for Long's murder. In the end, Cross, um, Cross, Arthur, Shaw, Shaw Cross, um, had a 79-page formal confession, is what he wrote out, um, and I'm not going to read 79 pages of that confession to you guys. So, if you want to look that up, you can. <laughs> so, in November 1990, Arthur was tried by the Monroe County First Assistant District Attorney, Charles J. Sergisa. I hate saying last names. For the 10 murders that... So, he, so he performed... He did, he committed, I'll get it in a minute. He committed 10 murders. That doesn't include the two kids um, that he killed previously. So, 12 victims altogether. Um, But he pled not guilty for reason of insanity. So, his, obviously, his lawyers decided to go with the insanity plea. But everybody was like, yeah, no. I mean, he he pretty much knew what he was doing. Yeah, if he can convince literal cops to clean his records and then also he's just very persuading he's not like crazy obviously yeah so um yeah 13 to 
16 victims because they say that there was one victim in an arson arson and burglary that he committed like a long time ago but they couldn't prove it i guess and then also um he claimed that there were more victims out there so Hmm. who knows so how many victims are there 13 to 16 is what is what the official number is but he was sentenced to 250 years in life in prison um for the killings and he also passed away in 2008 uh, November 10th, he was complaining about leg pain. Probably was like a blood clot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes into cardiac arrest, but that's what I'm saying. Probably had like blood clots or something. And he, um, you know, died at 9.50 p.m. at 63 years old. And then he had a private cremation. So, yeah. Um, that is the story of Arthur Shawcross. And his awful human beingness um, that he is, but he's dead now, so whatever. <laughs> so yeah, um, if he I don't didn't know if you... like literally say anything, he would have gotten away with it. Probably so. Yeah, if he wouldn't have said anything, if, if he, he would have just... just been like, "Hey, yeah, I was peeing. Sorry. What, yeah. what are y'all doing here?" That's what I was. That's what I was gonna say. Like, if he wouldn't have said anything. If he would have just said, yeah, I was peeing, sorry, I don't do that again, um, they would have never found out because his record was sealed. So, he's basically the one that gave himself away, which, thank God he did. Thank God he's that stupid. But any other serial killer that, he could have got, that's what pisses me off. Like, maybe they would have eventually found out because they would have connected the Mitchell guy and they would have they wouldn't have, they would have went to the prostitutes and they would have shown the picture around but still that doesn't mean that he murdered anybody because they don't have any evidence like yeah. if they don't have actual evidence that just means that he goes to see prostitutes you know what i mean <laughs> that yeah. doesn't mean that he's the murderer i mean it could have been another guy cuz prostitutes see probably i don't know depending on what they how they work they could see anywhere from five to 20 men a night you know you just don't know so um yeah it would have all went very badly if he wouldn't have confessed because you know it's stupid parolees are dumb i guess yeah and And nobody nobody was um arrested for that nobody was charged with I don't know what you call it, but nobody was charged with anything for sealing his record like that, which I don't think that should have happened because he was a murderer. Like, be different. No, it still wouldn't be different. Like, I don't think anybody's record should ever be sealed for anything unless it's, like, maybe some petty crime or something like that and they can't get a job because they did something stupid when they were a teenager. But if you are an adult that murders two kids, sorry, I'm pretty sure you don't need your record sealed. Exactly. Like, you're a pedophile? hate that for you figure out your life or kill yourself i don't know what to tell you like (laughs) sorry that's how i feel about pedophiles you can come for me if you want to but i don't like them and i don't really care about them um so whatever but anyways we hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode don't forget to go um follow us on twitter so you can keep up with all of our stuff also we're gonna try to do um Shit, I was about to say OnlyFans. That's not what... No, that's no, not, we're not. That's not what I was going to say. Not what I'm going to do. What is it called? Oh, my God. Uh, what? Uh, Patreon. <laughs> that's what oh. it's called. 
We're going to try to start a Patreon page. Um, it might take us... I was going to do it If you would have said OnlyFans, I would have been like, um, <laughs> I what? I thought that, and then I was like, what the <laughs> what fuck? are we doing? That's not what we're I doing. I don't know. Maybe you, uh, not me. No. Negative. Don't get excited, guys. We're not doing that. <laughs> um... No, a Patreon page, yeah. uh, because we want to try to give you guys some more content. Uh, we've been talking about it. It's just going to be... We don't, we're not sure what to give you guys in the Patreon page. So if you guys have any ideas you could throw at us, that'd be great. Yeah, tweet us. Um, yeah, tweet us some ideas, you know, like what we should offer. Like, you know, a dollar here, two dollars there, like different... Yeah. Um, but different tiers. Um, we're, one of the things we want to try to do for you guys is... Uh, give extra episodes that might be a little hard just because it's hard to get Hannah over here um, yeah. except for one day a week but um, I could do an extra episode by myself I guess it's no big deal but um, yeah just let us know tweet us something or send us an email something like that um, and go like our go f- subscribe to our YouTube you don't have to actually listen but when, uh, you do need to listen but just go subscribe um, we, if we hit a hundred subscribers on our youtube so we're super excited about that and give us a review on apple that helps out a lot and yeah i think that's it all right we'll see you guys next time have a good weekend Bye. bye